The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with a wild beast, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So first, just a quick heads up. Um, This sermon will be a little longer than usual. Um, You you can consider it maybe a moment of Lenten discipline as we start out. So we're now four days out from the shooting at the Super Bowl parade, struggling, I think many of us struggling, to make sense of the senseless. It's a time for lamentation, as we offered here on Thursday evening, but our, but our laments actually aren't limited to prayers in church. Uh, after the shooting, uh, Chief of Police Stacy Graves was interviewed, and, and she offered this lament, this is not Kansas City. Now, in, indeed, mass shootings do not fit with our sense of community. But, you know, the reality is that, in fact, this is Kansas City. And not just Kansas City, but it's also Las Vegas and Orlando and Virginia Tech and Sandy Hook and El Paso and Lewiston and Uvalde and many other places. The, The difference now is that we've joined the list of places where good folks thought mass shootings wouldn't happen. And of course, Wednesday's shooting comes on the heels of a record setting year for gun violence in Kansas City. Every week, you know, as we stand here and offer the prayers of the people and, and name our neighbors who've been killed, I shake my head and wonder, how long, Lord? That's, that's not a lament about God's inaction, by the way. It's shorthand for, how long, Lord, will we say yes to the evil of violence that slithers around the edges of our hearts? Well, this is the first Sunday of Lent and the beginning of our Lenten preaching series, Igniting Your Spirit to Find Heaven on Earth. Now, I have to say that the igniting that our spirits received this week wasn't exactly what I had in mind for this series or for the booklet of reflections that will soon be in your mailbox. I mean, I don't know about you, but I came away from Wednesday furious, which is not really an emotion I know how to have. But, but with a few days' time, the fury can morph into reflection, thankfully. So, what's next for my spirit and for yours and for the spirit of our community? I mean, is, is this a moment when we have any business seeking heaven on earth? Absolutely it is. In fact, it's a crucial time to be seeking heaven on earth. 
So as we start our pilgrimage, it's probably good to recognize where we begin. And one way to name at least where I think we are today is, is where we found Jesus in today's gospel reading, which is in the wilderness. So in that fast cut story from Mark's gospel, we see Jesus flipping from what must have been great joy to his own lamentation. I mean, in one moment he's being baptized and comes up out of the water to a voice from heaven proclaiming, you are my son, the beloved, with you I'm well pleased. And then it says immediately, the spirit of the father who loves him so much drives him out into the wilderness. It's, it's odd parenting, to say the least. I mean, why would God do that? Well, that, that is a different sermon. Maybe the, the sermon I would have preached before this past Wednesday afternoon. But for whatever reason, we are left with Jesus out there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. Now, in this sort of fast-cut version we get from Mark, we don't hear the dialogue that Matthew gives us, the details of Jesus' temptation, as, as Satan offers Jesus food and the chance to flaunt his divine status and, and an easy road to power. Now, here, here in Mark, we just know Jesus is out there in this desolate desert landscape, what must have felt like hell itself. And it seems to me we're in that wilderness too. Which brings me to this week's stop in our sermon series. You know, if, if we're seeking to ignite our spirits to find heaven on earth, I think we have to start by recognizing our own spiritual wiring and considering how we might work with that to go deeper in relationship with God. <laughs> and in fact, we might start a couple of questions before that. Am I really wired for relationship with God? I mean, what if I can't feel it? And, and what stands in the way of connecting with God for me? I, I think the wilderness is a good place to ask those questions. And, and a good place for those questions to be considered both for Jesus and for us. I mean, Jesus knows that he's God's beloved. He's heard it straight from the deity's mouth. And we know it too, right? At least intellectually. After all, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Or as the bumper sticker on my refrigerator puts it, God loves you whether you like it or not. <laughs> so if God's opening the door to heaven for you, then you must be worthy of God's love. Now, like I say, we may believe that in our heads, but knowing it in our hearts can be a different matter, especially here in the wilderness. The wilderness of grief and isolation and futility. So in a community that's lost its innocence, you know, just four days past this shooting, what do we do here in the wilderness? When, when we're tempted to listen to the power of evil, selling us hopelessness and empty promises, how do we beat down Satan under our feet, as the litany says? How do we remember that we are each God's beloved? And then how do we live that way? 
Well, Mark's story this morning gives us, I think, two clues, at least two clues, a blessing and a call. First, the blessing, because we could use one. Jesus is indeed out there in the wilderness, but he's not alone. There's this little line in that reading, it's easy to gloss over, but the story says, the angels waited on him. Now my hunch is that doesn't mean they were serving him pina coladas on the beach at the Dead Sea. I think instead it's good to remember, remember who angels are in scripture. Angels are God's messengers. They, they come bearing God's word, a saving word to frightened, beloved people. And the message they're bringing from God's lips to our ears is this, that God's got this. No matter how lonely or frightened or angry the world has made you, God's got your back. So that's a blessing. And along with that, I think there's a call. A call that came to Jesus the Beloved and that comes to each of us. You, you might notice in, in that last scene in this, story, in this morning's story, it puts the camera on Jesus as he walks out of the wilderness. So he spent his 40 days. He's endured his isolation. He's, he's lamented what must have felt sometimes like abandonment. He's been sustained by angels, and he's stared down Satan. And so, when the evil of the world coils and strikes, he shifts to action. Because Jesus' cousin and friend, John the Baptist, has been arrested by the authorities who want to silence him. So, Jesus sets out on what's going to be a long, hard road, immediately and for the next three years. He leaves that wilderness by the Dead Sea and heads back home, a 90-mile hike to Galilee. But he's not retreating in defeat and despair. Instead, he is on the advance, proclaiming good news to counter those voices selling despair. The time is fulfilled, he says, and the kingdom of God has come near. So repent and believe in the good news. In other words, recognize that God's reign and rule supersedes what the world tells you. Change your mind, which is what repent means, and set your heart and your feet on the path of love. So back to this week's focus in our Lenten sermon series. How do we work with our own spiritual wiring to deepen our relationship with God when we find ourselves in a wilderness time like this? Well, first remember the story, right? Jesus wasn't alone out there in the wilderness, and neither are we. Because alongside the anger and frustration is the assurance that we lament together and that we lament to the God who hears us and comes to our aid. God will pick us back up and walk alongside us and keep pointing us toward our heart's true home, the kingdom of heaven, even in the brokenness. And then, once you're back on your feet, keep your eyes and your ears open. Look for the angels in your midst reminding you of love's power. 
listen for the voice of God in Scripture and, and in the words of friends you trust. Make time to be still enough to hear God speaking to you in the dailiness of your life. Look for patterns of direction and sort of fingerprints of blessing that affirm your belovedness. Come to worship and drink in the sustenance of word and song and sacrament and let the Spirit recharge you for whatever it is that lies ahead. So, it's our first step, remembering the story and listening for those voices of angels. The second step, then, is acting on what you hear. Steer clear of despair by using the spiritual gifts you bring to this journey. Now, you know, some of us are listeners, gifted at being present with people in their suffering. Some of us are prayers, gifted at offering God our common laments and our hopes for healing in the assurance that prayer actually does change things. Some of us are encouragers, gifted at inspiring people to live their faith and honor God's reign and rule in the world. Some of us are, are analysts, gifted at naming different options and discerning among them. Some of us are relationship builders, working with people across similarities and differences to find unexpected solutions. And some of us are mobilizers, gifted at organizing people to translate their faith into change. Those are indeed a variety of gifts, as the Apostle Paul said, but they are empowered by the same Spirit, and using those gifts is our best antidote to despair. For in our own way, each one of us is wired to join Jesus on that road to Galilee, proclaiming the kingdom so that God's will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as we live those individual gifts, also remember that we walk this road together. So let, let me close with an invitation to something that, that has suddenly taken on some immediate relevance given the events of the past week. You may remember a couple of summers ago uh, when the abortion amendment was on the, the Kansas ballot, about 25 of us gathered for a listening session, not to debate the topic, but to hear each other's passions about it. And it was a healing moment, a, a time when people could gather in love as well as in disagreement and listen to each other and honor the dignity of everybody in the room. Well, recently our Parish Discernment Commission has been putting together a series of listening opportunities for the next few months, addressing issues like divisiveness in politics and the war between Israel and Hamas and the effects of social media and the well-being of our education system, and the ethics of end-of-life decisions. We're, we're calling this the St. Andrew's Listening in Love Forum. And it'll be led by one of our resident experts in helping people listen, Counselor Ann Rainey. This series is going to happen the fourth Tuesday of the month through June, and it'll start next week as we create a safe space to share our hearts related to the issue of the moment, 
gun violence. You know, as it happens, we, we have a presenting moment legislatively, too. The Missouri House is considering a bill that would allow concealed carry in churches and on public transportation. Now, just as a case study, some of us will hear that and think, why in God's name would we put guns in more public gatherings, given the shootings on Wednesday? And others will hear that and think, how else can you stop someone like the shooters on Wednesday? So again, this session on February 27th is not a time to debate, but a time to model maybe the most basic skill we must learn if, if we hope to find heaven on earth, and that is listening. In this case, listening to each other without vilifying each other, and listening for ways the Spirit might energize us to move forward together in surprising ways. So the bulletin and messenger this weekend have more information on the Listening in Love forum, and I hope, I hope you will consider coming Tuesday, next Tuesday. But here is the hope that at least I take away from today's gospel reading and from this awful week. We can make our way out of the wilderness. We can join Jesus as he hits the road, proclaiming the kingdom of God has come near and calling people to change their minds. It's a matter of tapping into the spiritual wiring God has given to each of us and then letting Jesus set the course 